on their way to worship. They would immerse themselves in water to be pure, to be clean before God. Now, Jesus said, makes a statement to them. They understood this idea of water. What Jesus says, if you're going to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must be born of water and the Spirit. Then he begins to talk to them about how the Spirit works, because they were familiar with this idea of, of the water and the cleansing. He says, the wind blows. The wind is the same word used for breath and for spirit, okay? So when you read about the wind or you hear about the breath or you hear about the spirit, they're synonymous, they're interchangeable, as it were. Jesus says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. There are mysteries about the wind that we don't even understand today. It changes direction, it rises, it falls, and sometimes in seemingly undiscernible patterns. It was amazing the way that the wind blows, the way that it works. And sometimes it's undiscernible. In the same way, the Spirit of God moves and works in ways that we do not fully comprehend or understand. He just shows up sometimes and breathes on people and life comes into them. And here's the thing. When we talk about the breath, the spirit, the wind, we're going to use those terms interchangeably. At creation, God breathed into man. He breathed into them. Sometimes the wind blows. We don't know where it's coming from. I certainly wasn't expecting it to pull the door like that. Sometimes it just shows up. It's amazing. In the same way, what Jesus is saying is that the Spirit begins to move and to go as he sees fit. He works in miraculous ways. For Ron, the wind began to blow and a blue work van. God changed his life. For Paul, the wind began to blow. The wind began to blow in an AA meeting. It transformed his life. I don't know where exactly you were, but when the wind begins to blow, sometimes you're not expecting it, you're not looking for it, you're like, I don't even know if anything's going on, and all of a sudden the wind begins to blow, and people's lives are transformed. It's amazing how when we think nothing is happening, we don't see anything taking place, and yet supernaturally the wind begins to blow in one of your co-workers' life or in one of your children's lives or someone who you say, I don't think they'll ever change until the wind begins to blow. And when the wind begins to blow, you can't stop it. When the wind begins to blow, you can't do anything about it. Now, you can try to make the wind blow. And remember when we were kids? Remember whenever you had, when we were kids, and, and you, maybe one of your friends had one of those above-ground pools? What did you do in the above-ground pool? Logan says whirlpool. Whenever you were a kid, how many of you did the whirlpool in the, in the above-ground pools? You'd get in there, and you'd start walking, and, and you'd start, maybe you'd have some of your toys and, or a float, and you'd start pushing the water, and you'd get it going. You'd get that motion going and get that whirlpool going, and that was fun, but Sometimes with the wind, sometimes we try to make it happen, but we really can't make the wind blow. But when it blows, boom, over here, boom, over here, boom, over there. And God begins to touch people and move on people's lives and bring healing and bring deliverance and bring 
freedom and bring liberty. He breaks bondage whenever the wind blows. He sets people free when the wind blows. Sometimes when people are in a dry and arid and weary place, the wind begins to blow and brings a gentle breeze of refreshment and renewal in people's lives. It doesn't always make sense where it's coming from, where it's been, or where it's going. We don't always know that. But when it comes, we see the effects and know that God is at work. We know that God is at work when we see the wind begin to blow. In Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost came, the scripture says that they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I want you to hear me today. I want to prophesy to you today. Get ready for a windstorm. We don't know exactly when or how, but you can see the signs. The signs whenever you're tired and weary. The disciples were tired and weary. They were worn out from all the drama and all the loss. But God was getting ready to send times of refreshing on them. He was getting ready to fill them with the Holy Ghost. He was getting ready to breathe new life into them. And as a result, their lives would be changed and the world around them would be changed because God simply sent the wind of His Spirit. Number two, the Spirit works through people. In Matthew 16, it records Jesus having a conversation with Peter and the disciples. And Jesus asked him, who do people say that I am? What do people say? And then he looks at Peter and he says, and, and you know, they answer him what people are saying. And he says, but what do you say? Matthew 16, verse 15. But what about you? And he asks, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And I will give you keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now Peter says this. Peter says, you are. Who do you say I am? Jesus asked him, what do you think? And Peter says, you're the Son of God. You're the Messiah. You are the one we've been waiting for. You're the one the prophets foretold. You're the one who, on whom all the promises of Israel hang upon. This revelation did not come through mere human reasoning or understanding. And we're living in a day where mere human reasoning and understanding is not going to carry people through. We're living in a time where just the ideas and the thoughts of men and the schemes and the plans of men are not going to carry us through. This truth was revealed to him by the Father. And on this revelation, on this truth, Jesus is going to build his church. And it says that the gates of hell will not be able to withstand the advancement of the church. 
You see, gates are a defensive weapon, not an offensive one. The church Jesus is building has gone to dominate enemy territory. And there is nothing that hell is going to invade enemy territory. And there's nothing that hell will be able to do to withstand it. Areas, listen to me, when the wind begins to blow, areas that were once controlled by Satan, he will no longer have power there. I want you to hear me today. In your life, places in your life that were once controlled by the enemy, when the wind of the Spirit begins to blow, those gates cannot stand against the wind of the Spirit. When God begins to flow in people's lives and He begins to move in communities and in neighborhoods and in families, there were places in people's lives where Satan held them captive. But listen to me, when the wind of the Spirit begins to blow, the gates of hell will not be able to stand against the advancement of the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus also promises to give keys. He says, I'll give you keys to the kingdom. Keys that will loose and keys that will bind. Keys that will set some people free and keys that will capture some things and bind certain things. God wants to reveal truth to his people. He wants us to move beyond the wisdom of men and move into the realm of spirit-led and spirit-empowered ministry. One of the ways that the spirit chooses to do his work is through people. These people are gifts to the body of Christ. And so in the days in which we're living, you're going to see the wind of the spirit begin to blow. And he's going to anoint you. And he's going to give you keys that you have that you can say to the enemy. You can bind him in certain areas. Certain areas where the enemy has been wrecking havoc on people's lives and over their families and over their communities. He's going to give keys to the kingdom that you can bind him and he no longer has power. He's going to give you keys to the kingdom in which you have the authority to loose, listen to me, to loose those who are captive. By the power and by the blood of Jesus, he's going to give you keys and authority that you can say be loose and be free in the name of Jesus. And they will have to be free because of the wind of the spirit that is at work and moving in people's lives today. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says this. First of all, this, all of you have gifts. And all of you, if you're born again, you have something that you can contribute to the body of Christ, that you bring to the body of Christ. In Ephesians chapter 4, and God desires to work through you. I want you to get that in your heart. The Spirit doesn't want you to do the work. The Spirit wants to do a work through you. He wants to flow through you. He doesn't want me and Joe to try to work it up. He wants to flow through us. He doesn't want, want you to try to work it up. He wants to, you to be available, a channel through which His Spirit can flow, and that when He speaks, you listen. When He moves upon you, that you respond. Ephesians 4, it says, So Christ Himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip His people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up, until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Those teachers who teach, those people who are used in the gift of prophecy, those shepherds who lead God's people, and maybe God places a bow upon them, and he says, 
they are God's gift to you. I really think in today's world, we really need, you know, there's been so many scandals and so many people who are, so much junk that's happened in our world today. That the pendulum has swung at once again. But what we need today is we need to understand that our pastors and our evangelists, the apostle and the prophet and the teacher, the fivefold ministry, is God's gift to the body. You know, you ever hear someone say, well, who do they think they are? They think they're like God's gift. Do you ever hear anyone say that? Look at that guy, what he thinks. Look at her, what she thinks. She's like, like Spencer, what is she like? God's gift. Well, here's the reality. They are God's gift to you. There's no doubt about it. His word says that they're his gift to you. You and I need to treasure them and value them. And here's the reason why they were given. To equip God's people for works of service. For you to do the ministry. God has given apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists to equip you for the work of the ministry. Not for them to do the ministry and you sit back and watch them and critique them. To equip us for the work of the ministry. He gave them for the expressed purpose of building you up, bringing unity in the faith and maturity. You are being equipped right now for the work of the ministry. Ask me how I know. Because God's word says it. He says that they're God's gift to you. You may not like the gift God gives you. Or you may want it in a different style or color. There may be gifts that God gives you that you're like, I don't know if I really like that. I want you to hear something from me. God gives pretty cool gifts to us. And the gifts that he gives to us are going to be gifts that are going to cause us to grow. The gifts he gives us are going to be life-giving. Now, there's times where you may say, why do I need this? I don't know that I want this. He knows in advance what he's doing in your life. He knows in advance the ways that he is going to move. And you may not be able to put all the pictures together and put all the pieces together, yet God is moving sovereignly by his spirit. And if you will allow him to, he will bring people into your life. He'll bring others. He'll bring circumstances and situations. Some of them that you say, I don't really like this one. I don't really like, I don't want it more this way. But if you allow him to and trust in the fact that, here's the thing. A lot of people don't trust the fact that God is moving mightily in their lives. They're saying, no, he's not moving. What does that say about your heart towards God? When you say he's not moving, he's not doing anything. That says something about your faith. It says something about my faith. I need to have an expectation that, man, he is moving. I can't see it. I don't know where it's coming from, but I know it's coming. I don't understand it. I can't work it. I can't make it happen. But I know who my God is, and he's a powerful, awesome God who can do anything. And he's working on my behalf. He's fighting for me. He's accomplishing great and glorious things that will last for eternity, and I just get to be a part of it. I don't have to make it happen. I don't have to explain it. I don't have to figure it all out. I just know that he's a powerful God. And he moves as he sees fit. And whatever he does, he does well. When you understand that, you'll be mature. You'll be equipped. You'll be lacking nothing. You'll be ready for our next step. The spirit at work within you and through you. In the Old Testament, the prophets foretold a time that was to come where people would move beyond the rituals of religion 
In Ezekiel 36, you know, they had to sprinkle themselves with water. They had to immerse themselves. But notice in Ezekiel 36, verse 25, God says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I, everybody say I. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and to be careful to keep my laws. Did you notice who is doing it? God says, I will do this. God says, I will sprinkle you with water, and you will be clean. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will remove the heart of stone and replace it with the heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you. See, there's a big difference between us saying, you know, discipline's a wonderful thing. Discipline is a great thing in your life. But you can't discipline yourself to get a new heart. God is the one who gives you a new heart. When you're disciplining yourself, that's important. You're positioning yourself. But you can't give yourself a new heart. You can't cleanse yourself. You can't wash yourself. You can't remove a heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. God says, I will do that inside of you. Then verse 37, or chapter 37, just a few verses later in, in Ezekiel 37, verse 9, if you had turned there with me. Once again, we're talking about the Spirit at work through you. You got that at this point? We're talking about the Spirit at work through you. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Earlier, what did we tell you? We said there were some words that were synonymous. What were they? Wind, breath, and spirit. So he is saying, prophesy to the breath. What he's saying is, prophesy to the spirit. Okay? And he says, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, spirit, come spirit from the four winds and breathe into the slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Now I want you to know this. When you prophesy, you speak by divine inspiration. You predict with assurance based upon revealed knowledge. Who was he to prophesy to? He was to prophesy. He was to declare the word of the Lord to the spirit of the Lord. Did you hear that? God told Ezekiel to declare the word of the Lord to the spirit of the Lord. He was to declare to the breath. He was to say, breath, come and breathe into these dead things so that they may have life. You're being equipped today. You're being prepared for the ministry. So he's saying, come breath and breathe. Come spirit and breathe life so that they may live. There are some people here today with dead things all around you. And you need to start prophesying to the breath. You need to, the spirit. 
And you just say, Spirit, breath of God, hear the word of the Lord. Come and breathe into this dead relationship that it may come back to life. You need to say to the, to the breath of heaven, breath, breath of heaven, come and breathe into the son of mine. Come and breathe into this daughter of mine. Come and breathe into this grandchild of mine. Come and breathe into this, this business of mine, that it may come to life. You see, he, what he was declaring, he was saying to the Spirit of the Lord. He was prophesying. He was declaring the word of the Lord to the very Spirit of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? And he's saying to it, come and breathe, that there may be life. Now, what I want to encourage you to do is I want to encourage you to start practicing this in your home as you leave here today. I want to encourage you to get in your car and start speaking to the Spirit of God and say, breath of God, hear the word of the Lord. Spirit of the Lord, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. I'm proclaiming to you the very will and the word of the Lord. Come and breathe upon my business. Come and breathe upon my ministry. Come and breathe upon our church. Spirit of the Lord, come and move in our relationships. Come and move in our family. Come and move in this area of addiction. In the name of Jesus, and as you declare that, what you're going to see is the Spirit of God begins to respond to your faith. God's looking for faith. He's looking for someone who is expecting Him to move. He's looking for someone who is asking, seeking, and knocking. I'm here. I'm waiting. I'm expecting something from you, God. As you do that, what you're going to see and what, what happens. Let's look here at what happens. He was looking at dead bones, dried out bones. Things that were impossible. It was impossible. I wonder how many of you have some situations that you'd say, it's pretty near impossible, Pastor. It's pretty near impossible. I don't know if anything good will come out of there. I don't know if anything good. You know amazing to me? Because when I see people in this church who people before have looked at them and said, I don't know if they'll ever change. I don't think that girl will ever be different. I don't think that man, I don't think his heart will ever be softened. He's too far gone. And the Spirit of God just simply begins to breathe. That's all it takes, friends. It just takes the breath of heaven. It just takes a sovereign move of God. We work and we try to do all these things to make it happen. But God is, he's the spirit. He's like the wind. He blows, he blows, and we don't know where it's coming from. We don't know where it's going. But we see the effects. God's looking for a people who will expect him. Lord, I know that you're moving. I know that you're moving. I'm looking for your moving. We need to have some people who are almost hurricane chasers. We're looking all around because we see the evidence of what he is doing. We see the move of his spirit. Listen to what he says. He said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We're cut off. These are the remnants of relationships. That's my grandson who's strung out. It's my spouse whose heart is hard. All hope is gone. That's my finances that are just, there's no way to get out of this one. There's no way to get out of this one. That's my dreams and my business that are just, they're up in smoke. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. 
my people are going to open your graves and bring you up from them. You hear that? Places that not only did they die, there's some dreams. I want to prophesy to you. There's some dreams that God put in your heart. He planted in your heart a long time ago. And you've been dead. They've been buried. They're gone. You put a marker on there and you said it will never come to pass. You've buried it. It's gone. But God says, I'm going to bring those dreams and those visions and those things that I placed in your heart. I'm going to bring them back to life. You're going to dig them up. They're going to be resurrected today. He says, therefore prophesy and say, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up to them. I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I'm the Lord. That's what he wants you to know. That he's the Lord, that there's no one like him. When I open up the graves and bring you up from them, I'll put my spirit in you, and you'll live. And I'll settle you in your own land. Then you'll know that I, the Lord, have spoken. And I've done it, declares the Lord. But when you leave here today, for God is at work. And he's looking for faith. And he's looking for people who believe him. To take him at his word, expecting He's looking for people who call him as it were to task. God, you promised me. You told me, God. Your word says it. Your word says it so I can stand on it. I can take it to the bank. I can rest assured you can prophesy to those dry, dead places in your life. You can say, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. As you leave here today, I want to encourage you today, my friend. God is at work. He's at work in our midst. He's at work in your life. And he's looking for you to expect him, to believe him, to anticipate him, to prophesy, and to speak to those dead places and those dry places. And say, hear the word of the Lord. He's looking for you to prophesy to the Spirit. Say, come, Spirit. From the four corners of the earth, come and breathe upon my life. Come and breathe upon my family. Come and breathe upon my church. Come and breathe upon my ministry. Father, today I thank you that the Spirit of the Lord is at work today. That you're working mightily. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what we feel or see, Lord, you are moving in our midst. And we praise you for that. I thank you that you are sovereignly moving across the whole earth, Lord. And we just give you glory, Lord. We say... Let your kingdom come and let your will be done in our lives. Lord, I pray that as the men and women leave here today, that they would begin to prophesy. They prophesy to the Spirit, prophesy to the breath, and say, come and breathe. They prophesy to the dead places in their life, Lord. They would see you come and bring newness of life. In Jesus' name, Lord, we've equipped them to do that. I pray as they go out and do that, that the Spirit would accomplish your purposes and your plan in and through our lives. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody said, 